Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Father, we uh, do want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for your love. We want to thank you for the work that you have already done amongst us today, for the work that you have already done in us today. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would continue your work, that you would continue to um, awaken something new and fresh in us, and bless us, bring us revelation. We want to pray that your healing would continue to um, stir in heart, mind, body and spirit, in lives, in relationships today, in this time. And we just want to offer ourselves to you, surrender ourselves to you, come, with you, come to you with hands and hearts and minds, open to lay down what it is we need to lay down so that we might receive from you what you want to bless us with. And in all this, we give you thanks and honour and praise. Amen. Yeah, so over um, the last few weeks, uh, we have been unpacking and exploring and discovering our shape. Uh, shape uh, being the acronym for spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality and our experiences. The things that God uses, the personalities, the revelations, the insights that God uses to help us to work and serve and realise more of who we are and how he's shaping us so that we might be um, deeper in love with him, uh, know more fully his love for us and then live out of that in a very practical way and as Jared spoke about the booklet there is to help you discern and, and to do that as part of life groups. It's one of the really important that we don't have this conversation on our own uh, and, you know, because sometimes we can hear from God and we might be way off beam or it's important that too we get that affirmed and encouraged by other people as well. Um, so uh, we need to uh, be able to do that with other people. So that's what makes life groups really important. Uh, so we hope that in discovering our shape, you've discovered some tools, some insights uh, been able to reflect and apply on that further as well as we seek to be transformed in the name of Jesus and we want to live out of the fullness of who we are in Him, who He makes us and calls us to be. So it's not just about what God does in me. I think sometimes we can hear the gospel message, the good news and we say God has done something good, His life, death and resurrection is really important and valuable, it's foundational to who we are. Um, and then we kind of wrestle with what that looks like and how that gets lived out. So this series, we hope, has helped us understand how that gets lived out a little bit. But it's also about what God invites me into. Because if the truth is that I have been saved and redeemed and, and called out of my sin, those things that separate me from God in the past, and He's calling me into something new, it also goes to stand to be true that He's also calling others into that relationship. We want to see His kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And to do that, we need to walk in our full potential. So I want to unpack a little bit today what our full potential is. And I have a message, but uh, I'm not really sure what I'm doing with it yet. So um, how much I use and how much I don't do use, I don't really know at this stage. So 
we need to work in our full potential. Potential being uh, defined as have or show the capacity to become or develop something into the future. So we're not quite there yet, um, or we're not quite capable of doing something yet, but we can at some stage. Um, you know, we like recognising the potential of every student who runs a race. They might be a terrible runner, but we like to give them participation awards. You know, when I was a boy, a uh, long, long time ago now, we got first, second, third ribbons. Remember those? Who remembers those? With now you get a, certific um, a certificate of participation just for showing up. You might be a terrible runner. You might be a terrible swimmer. You might not actually ever have the capacity to run very well in a race. I guarantee your capacity to run will depend on your sense of urgency. If you think you're lining up for a race and you have to run, you're probably not going to be that motivated to do it, are you? If you've got a crocodile chasing you, I bet you you find the potential in you to run. Just a thought. But see, we want everyone to feel accepted and so we want everyone to believe that they have potential in all the same things. Um, you know, I'm, I might have the potential to be a builder, I'm just not going to do it. You wouldn't want to live in anything that I build, probably, would be my tip um, if I was left to my own devices. But we, we've developed a new system in our house, or perhaps my children might say, I've developed a new system in our house. Um, does anyone know the game Rummy or Rummikins or something, you know, tiles, you put the numbers down, you've got to get a run or you get a coloured and uh, there's other words for them. Um, number games or what about Uno? Most people are familiar with Uno, card game? When Jared says put up your hand, do you put up your hand or do you go, uh, I'm just, just asking. Um, how many people play Uno? Good, okay. Um, so there's more recently we've gone from six to four. And so on the occasions that we do play games, and the kids don't like playing games with us because I always win. Um, <clears throat> no, that's not true. That is actually flat out a lie. Um, um, we, I refuse to play Monopoly because I always lose. Um, within the first time you're going around the board, I'm done. I'm out. Um, but so we've developed this new system where we play Rummy or Uno. So with four people, you can have the person who wins. That's obvious often pretty clear, it's pretty evident. And then uh, there's the person who comes second, we finish off the game. Um, Andrea always calls this the first loser because she likes to have some element of being first at some point. Um, and then there's just the third, and then depending if you get all your tiles laid out in the next go or not, you may finish fourth, but if you are not able to lay out all your tiles or you're still holding cards, then you just get a DNF. Did not finish. That's it. Now, the reality about this and when we're playing this in our house is it doesn't mean we love you less. It doesn't mean you're no longer part of our family. It doesn't mean you've been rejected as part of our family. It just means you lost. <laughs> so we play again because you've got the potential to play again and perhaps win the next game, but you're not defined by that potential or that capacity. Um, so we, we recognise that people are included and the value that they have, but we've changed the dynamics because I'm not giving a participation certificate just because I'm not, because I like to win. Um, 
But this is so, it's a poor example, I know, but life is true. We, things don't always go according to plan, do they? Most of us have experienced that. Most of us have experienced times in our life where things have not gone according to plan. And some of us in this room today might have been sitting here thinking, this is not going according to plan. When I go home, it's not happening how I imagined. When I go back to work tomorrow, it's not happening how I imagined it would be. It's not what I thought I would be involved in. It's not contributing in a way that I thought it would. But while life might not be what we hoped for or expected, I want to say that nothing is wasted in the eyes of God. Nothing is wasted in the eyes of God. Your job might be the worst job on the face of this earth. Now, I don't know why you're in the worst job on the face of this earth. I've got no idea why it's so hard. I've got no idea why there's things that you would love to be doing that make it impossible to do, except to offer it back to God and say, God, what do you want me to do in the midst of this? That's the best I've got. And it doesn't sound very great, except it is the greatest thing on earth. (laughs) In every capacity... See, while we might be in situations and environments that we don't know what's going on or how hard and we don't know, we're struggling to realise their full potential or our full potential in this, God is working out our full potential despite these circumstances. And our capacity in these moments is to trust him, recognising while our circumstances, our experiences might shape us, they do not define us. And we need the capacity to keep going, to seek and uh, bring life in the midst of difficult uh, situations or when we feel like we're losing. And we need to keep going despite disappointments. And the capacity to keep going despite our disappointments or our frustrations or where we might be largely depends upon the image that we carry. So when we talk about potential like this, we're often talking about things that we achieve or want to do or build or create or accomplish, which is great because we've actually been created and made to do and to achieve and to build and to create. That's actually placed within us. That's not what I'm saying here. But overcoming and working through the disappointments largely depends upon the image that we carry. Let me read uh, Gospel of John to you. Chapter 15, if you're following along in your Bibles, you uh, version, you can look that up. It's saved there. You can uh, click into the Horsham Church of Christ event and save it so you can go back and check the references and read the full chapter later. But John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So there's a work that God has already done. There's a work that God has already revealed. There's a, there's a completion of the out of, called out of sin and out of one life into a new life. And he goes on in verse 4. Uh, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Um, 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in me, remain in you, sorry, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I feel like John always goes a long way around to explain things. Does anyone else feel like that when they read the Gospel of John? Do you think, John, you could have said this in two sentences, remain in Jesus, you'll do some good things. Okay, that's just me, all right. Verse 8, say what you mean to me, what you say, John, for crying out loud. Uh, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is to my Father's glory, and this is a key thing. I think we've got to get out of our heads at what we want and what we're trying to do or accomplish. We actually need to be a part of our Father's glory. This is often where we get stuck when we're talking about it's not quite what I imagined or what I thought or I'm a little bit upset or it's not quite, you know, poor me. We've lost sight of the Father's glory. We're distracted by many things. And even more so with the comparisons that we find ourselves in today. More and more so. My Father's glory, you will bear fruit, you will do some great things, but to my Father's glory and out of my Father's glory... You will do f- much, bear much fruit and then because of that you'll show yourself to be my followers, my disciples, those who are still learning about the ways of Jesus. Now I want to say here, remaining in Jesus requires resilience. It requires a bit of grunt work. It requires a bit of nose to the grindstone. It requires a bit of rolling the sleeves up and being disciplined. It requires an ongoing daily, sometimes a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour decision about where we're going to place ourselves. It's a deliberate decision to keep our attention on Jesus. See, one of the dangers when we talk about this and one of the dangers um, in the church, and I'm not saying the church is perfect, uh, I know it's not because I'm a part of it, <laughs> so um, we're still on the, on the way of learning and growing and developing but uh, wh- I love the church and I love what the church stands for and I love what the church could be love what the church has the potential to become I believe the church is an expression uh, an agent if you like of God's kingdom it's imperfect but it's working towards an expression of God's kingdom So when we leave the church or when we get disappointed and kind of step back from one another, and this is what happens when things go pear-shaped, we tend to step back and step out and maybe we need to do that for a time and a season, but then we need to do that to bring that to the glory of God. We have taken our eyes off Jesus and we have stopped remaining in him because remember, Jesus says he is building his church And his church is the bride of Christ and it's being prepared as the bride of Christ. And I'll tell you what, if I pulled out Andrea's wedding dress out of my cupboard, out of our cupboard, and I just started flinging mud at it, I'm going to have a pretty grumpy wife. And I think sometimes that's how we talk about the church when we get disillusioned and disappointed and upset because we pull ourselves away from the vine. We remove ourselves from the vine, that is Jesus. We would do better to stay in Jesus 
recognise the fault of the church, recognise what we've done to contribute to that or what we haven't done, recognise the hurt, but remain in Jesus and say, Jesus, you're building your church, help me be a part of it. We're getting the difference? Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6 says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a good word, isn't it? Whatever disappointment you're struggling with, whatever disillusionment you've got, um, whatever struggle you have, whatever frustration you have, whatever potential you thought you had and is not yet realised, it stands to reason if God is completing a work in me, he's completing a work in you, yeah? And so the hope that we have is the potential that God sees in us rather than trying to measure ourselves against the the task and the accomplishments and the achievements that we think we should be doing or how we think we should be doing or what other people have been able to do and what I haven't been able to do. If I can say I can be confident of this, that he who began a good work in me will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. That would change our whole perspective. Eric Rees, in his book, Shape, Finding and Fulfilling Your Purpose in Life, um, outlines this in what it might look like to uh, surrender to Jesus. Now, you look up there and you've gone, man, nine points. Have we got time for nine points? Um, what I want to say to you is if you've got a photo or a, a, you've got a, you haven't got a photo yet, if you've got a camera, take a photo of it or we can email the, the image to you. Because I think you know, some of what Jared's been saying and even some of what G- Jason said today, um, there's some important elements here about what it looks like to live in the glory of Jesus. And it's a really, really tough thing to grasp a hold of. And again, I'm not even going to read all the texts. You can look them up in new version quickly write them down, I'll try and leave it up there, but I do want to go through it and give you some ideas. And I'm not saying, I don't want you to hear this as Simon having this under control. Because there's some moments where uh, I, I hate silence and I like to fill it up. You know, I, I spend some time on retreat, which I'm incredibly grateful for and incredibly blessed by, uh, to have an extended time away just to think and to pray and to read the scriptures and to hear what God is saying to me personally and for the church. Um, but what I noticed in that retreat while I, was, while I was up in Sydney was that you walk around Sydney and um, whoever's got the land is very busy filling up the land very hard to find a space of quietness and reflection. It's very hard to find a parkland nearby. And we are so clever, not only do we fill the space up, but we go up. That's how good we are at achieving new things and building new things and accomplishing and and creating things. We don't just do stuff down here, we can go up. And I know my life is sometimes like that. I just fill it up all the time. What's your life like? 
And some of us are going, Simon, you don't understand my life. My life is always full. My life is constantly full, whether it's with children or whether it's with medical appointments, whether it's work, expectations, family demands. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, into, I'm not trying to compare whether your life's busier or mine here. I'm trying to say, what does it look like to recognise that and come back and say, Jesus, I want to remain in you. Because it's the only way I'm going to know the fullness of who I am. Because this is, this is not about the task that we do. This is about the image that we carry. And if you need to write that down somewhere, then write it down and stick it up on a mirror, put it on your phone, put it on a computer as a screen. So I don't know what you do, but this is not about the task that we do as about the image that we carry. There's tasks to be done, there's no doubt about that, but that's done much easier when we recognise the image that we carry. So we need, to, we need to surrender. We need to come to Jesus and say, you know, I've taken this back. Romans 12 says, Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. You know, like the idea of sacrifice, but what is it that needs to be put to death? What is it that needs to be given over? And we do this so that we can then work out what God's good and pleasing will is. Hear what comes first? There's God's good and pleasing will. There's a task there. There might be something to do, but that's much easier to do and be a part of when we do it out of surrender first. You follow me? Study God's Word. Joshua follower of, uh, followed Moses as leader of Israel and uh, God says to Joshua, you know, read Scripture, meditate on it night and day. We need to recapture this. Some of you might be incredibly faithful and you've been doing it for years and you find it really easy but there are generations now, my generation and below, who perhaps haven't been taught that well about what it is to study God's Word and what is it to read God's Word and what is it just to enjoy God's Word and enjoy the discovery of God. We've made it a lot about head knowledge and not very much about the transforming work of the Holy Spirit wants to do. It's not about having all the answers, it's just about meditating on it and letting it soak in it. So if you don't know how to read scripture, you know, I, I encourage people, start with the gospel, start with the person of Jesus, start with Mark, I think is probably one of the easiest gospels, if you like. Um, and then start with the letters from Paul, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Spend, start with five minutes, find a spot in your house and start with five minutes and just read for five minutes. Just start. And if you're on your phone all the time, scrolling on your phone on Instagram or social media in any way, capacity, or if you just go to your phone because you're bored and you pick up your... And it's not just... Teen, don't tell me it's just teenagers. Please don't tell me it's just teenagers because that's an absolute... You know why teenagers have learnt it? Because they've watched their parents do it. And I've seen grandparents do it. They pick up their phone and they're ignoring the conversation. So if, you're, if your natural response is to pick up this of some description and start playing a game then don't pick that up but in fact put that away put it on silent and pick up you remember this you know something where you got to lick your fingers to turn the pages it's called a book live book i don't know what they call it now as opposed to an ibook it's still a book is it okay there you go it's still a book right just start I really challenge you, if you don't know anything else, you've got till now to the end of the year and you're thinking, man, I've got so much stuff to do, just stop. 
Stop. I read the other way, 17 Fridays till Christmas. Stop. Don't worry about the 17 Fridays till Christmas. Stop. A challenge. You, know, you don't like reading? That's fine. Find an audio Bible. We can help you do it. I believe in this so powerfully and dynamically, and I know that it's hard. I find it hard. But we need to, if we capture these first two, don't even worry about the other seven things. If we started doing these first two, three things, the other stuff would come. Seriously would. So I don't want to, I'm not about putting, I don't want to put pressure on you and it's not condemnation, it's not guilt, but it's, how do we know the image that we carry if we don't spend any time with the one whose image we carry? Um, Silence your heart, Psalm 37 verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's an encouragement for you today, Jason. Um, do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked scheme. Now, people might not be, you might not, whether people are doing wicked or being wicked, do not fret when people seem like they're having a great life and you're not. But silence your heart and be still and wait for God. Um, the Sabbath, uh, uh, the definition of the Sabbath was to catch one's breath. What time are you creating to catch your breath? And there's instruction there, Genesis and Exodus. And here's the task starts to come. Once we've surrendered, we've studied God's word, there's a silence in your heart, there's a a, a Sabbath in the the weekly bracket, catching one's breath. There's also a shepherd one another. If if you're not a follower of Jesus, it might be all really weird if you're not a follower of Jesus, but if you started putting this into practice, it would transform your life. Um, to shepherd is to care or to love or to demonstrate compassion shepherd one another that's not just my task anyone who proclaims to be a follower of Jesus actually if you're any sort of human being learn what it is to care for others around you because then you carry the image of the one who created us share God's love Um, get away with God uh, and I think sometimes we feel this expectation, I, I need to get away with God, I need to do, um, you need time with God. And I think that's really important, but it's not prescriptive. It's not like, do it like this. It's like, you know your personality, you know who you are, how do you do that? In one part of Scripture, we read that Jesus went out and he prayed all night before he chose his disciples and before he was about to be crucified. Twice we read of Jesus doing all-nighters. Now, did he do other all-nighters? It might be safe to assume. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says he got up early in the morning and he went out to pray. And he went out to pray. He spent time in God in readiness and preparation for time in community. He spent time understanding whose image he carried before he went out to the task that the Father had given him. Check your progress. There's uh, scriptures there in John 15. Um, you know, what needs to be pruned? What needs to be cut away? Am I bearing God's fruit or am I just doing what I feel like doing? And sharpen your shape. Uh, Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10 says, If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed. Actually, if the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, you're just wasting a whole lot of time and energy. 
What do you need to keep yourself sharp? Who, who are you putting yourself around that can sharpen and challenge and awaken you? Or are we just blunting our, our skills and our passion by the complaints or by the misery or the comparisons? And if we're doing that, then we start at surrender. <laughs> so to remain in Jesus also means that we are part of a community. Um, it must be worked out in community. Uh, Graham Long, has the, the um, ex-CEO now, he was on the Australian Story recently, previous CEO and pastor emeritus of the Wayside Chapel in King's Cross, we all flourish best when we are necessary and significant, not central. Um, can, I just do a, can I just take a few minutes just to do a quick experiment? Is that okay? You want to do an experiment with me? Is anyone watching their watches for lunch? No, I'm not going to take that long. Uh, no, I haven't, no, no buckets. No buckets. But because you spoke up, you can come up on the platform for me. Um, um, uh, Alison, you can come. Jerry, you can come. Uh, just all the elders. If all the elders come up quickly, you come up on the come up there. Come up there. Quickly, 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 quickly. As you're doing that, you can form a circle. Form a circle for me, please. Um, what I discovered this week, a draft, a draft horse can pull. I just need to check. A draft horse on its own can pull uh, 8,000 pounds. 8,000 pounds is about 3,628 kilograms. That's a, that's a lot of weight a draft horse can pull. If you have two draft... I'm not suggesting these people are horses, by the way. Um, I, I'm not... Um, so it goes to assume that if you can naturally assume that two could pull 16,000 pounds. You have two, double it. You, you have one pulling 8,000 pounds, you double it, they pull twice as much. That's safe to assume, isn't it? When you get two draft horses, they can actually pull three times as much. How am I demonstrating this? Now, isn't it funny when we create circles, we always look in. They want to look at each other, they want to admire each other, they're cheering each other on. Now, right, yep, yeah, no, no, but, yeah. <laughs> see the smart Alex? Yeah. No, we do. We do need some people to look out, all right, because they're the evangelists. They're the people who carry the gifting of God that has said, I want you to be thinking and seeing those outside the kingdom and don't know Jesus yet. We do need the people who uh, are looking in. Because these are the people um, who uh, care for us and make sure that as a body we are functioning well and make sure that others are, are doing okay and doing well. So we do need some. And then there's um, some, I don't know, what else? Uh, just you turn around here. I know it's a boring view, but that's okay. They're the apostles. They're the builders. They're the ones who explore and discover and dream and imagine. So people looking in might be shepherds. And the teachers. Um, what have we got left? Apostles? The prophets. The prophets might also be people, they're kind of, they're kind of looking more like this. They're looking up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and kind of looking a bit each way. What's happening in our local community, what's happening in our faith community. Yeah? You understand me here? Can you see how this can function? Now what happens... If you all hold hands for me, as you are, yep. 
Stay, stay looking out, Pete. You need to keep looking out. Now, the challenge is we need to, we need to remain connected. We need to remain connected because what can happen is whenever a relationship is broken, Alison, you come with me. Alice, the relationship is broken and often it's broken, often it's broken over what someone else has done or said. So relationships get broken over task. You understand me? You with me? Over what we think needs to be done or not done, yeah? So relationship gets broken. But in fact, if we can look at each other, understand the image that we carry, we can work out the task. Yeah? And we can stay in relationship. The task gets worked out better and stronger when we stay in relationship because Alison recognises that Mark and Jared, as well as herself, carries the image of the Creator. If we can look at disruption as an opportunity to learn and grow more together, we function better. Now, the other thing is, so you get people like apostles and the apostles can come out and they should be going this way. And actually, no, keep holding hands, keep holding hands. So the apostle tries to step out and the evangelist tries to step out and you get some tension. And, is that all right? You're right there, you know, don't want to injure your body. We get some tension and tension is actually good for us because it helps us learn and grow and staying connected to the body helps us actually discern which way we need to move. Yeah? Because the reality, with 250 people sitting in this room, you've all probably got an idea about what the church must be doing and how we could be doing things better. And we need to be discerning that and spending time on our own as individuals to discern that, but also collectively to discern that. And we need to stay together to discern that. Because it might actually be that Pete needs to surrender what his heart is for this time and this season, and as he steps back in, the group is, if you can just all move that way, take one step towards, yep, the group is more capable of working together to achieve what God might be calling us for that season. Does that make sense? Can you see that? All right, thanks team, appreciate that. Um, give them a round of applause just because they didn't know that was happening, I don't know. Jesus surrendered to the will of his Father for the blessing of the community. And he spent time on his own in readiness for the community. See, remaining in Jesus is not to isolate us or remove us from others, but it's to remind us of who we are as we remain connected with him first and then with others. See, a one-branch vine is barely a vine, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if it is or not. I'm not a farmer, you know me. Um, but a collection of branches. Wow. So we remain in Jesus. It reminds us, he reminds us of who we are. He reminds us of who we are. We can bring our disappointments, we can bring our failings, we can bring our mistakes, we can bring the mistakes of others, we can bring our frustrations with others, we can bring our complaints to Him. 
and we get reminded of who we are <laughs> and then we can keep going. I, I, I still believe that the church uh, is, is, is... I still believe the church is, is God's um, agency and agents and expression of his kingdom. Yes, it's messy. Yes, it's full of imperfect people. Yes, it's full of imperfect leaders. But when we come back and say, I want to remain in Jesus so that we remain in Jesus, my goodness, then we'll discover potential. See, our shape, our shape can be refined in relationship or it will get belted up by the hustle and bustle of everyday comparison and disappointment. We can be shaped by who we are in Christ, or we can be shaped by what we have done, achieved and accomplished and keep looking for participation awards and then just get disappointed and resentful when we don't get the recognition that we think we deserve. So remaining in Jesus allows us to face every day with a refreshed and a renewed perspective. And the invitation is to serve, not because we have the potential to achieve great things, but to serve out of the overflow of who we are, revealed through Jesus Christ. Changes the whole perspective. And I just want to invite you, do you know Jesus today? What do you need to surrender what is it you need to bring to him and say, I need to follow you, I haven't been following you? And we want to just give you the opportunity to come and declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. The knowledge that he has um, done everything possible and continues to uh, be working out, bringing to completion who you are in his fullness and his likeness. I trust that this series has been a great series, a helpful series, a, a series of blessing. The work is not done yet, though. <laughs> the work is not done. Because God is still at work in you and in me. And the invitation is open as we sing this, just simply come, receive prayer, receive blessing, have a couple of elders gather around you, speak into your life. Or you might just want to come and say, I want to follow Jesus, and we'll set someone up to help you and disciple you in that. Maybe you just need a prayer of healing. Whatever reason you need, as we sing this one song, would you come and just enter into that place where we confess Jesus as Lord?